Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Tom, we are maybe the worst podcast hosts (laughs) in the history of the planet because the Vikings pulled off the greatest comeback of all time on Saturday. And it is now Tuesday night and we are recording to talk about it. It Just lost track of time. That, That game, it seemed like everything kind of stood still that day. Um, you kind of had a hangover into sa- Sunday, Monday, because I, I mean, at least me personally, couldn't even process that what had actually happened Saturday afternoon. Um, but now we here we are talking about it Tuesday night. It still feels unbelievable. Yeah. Um, three days later. Um, just what do you remember from that game? What, what What's going to stand with yeah. you for the, for the rest of your life? Because it, that's a game that we're going to remember forever. Like three days later, what sticks out to you? like yeah. singular moment that sticks out to you from, from yeah that. so i probably shouldn't admit this but when i was younger i was a little reckless and split my head open and they're like you can super glue it like this is what they did in the war i guess and i didn't want to like pay for an ambulance so when dalvin <laughs> cook like goes on the screen pass right and i'm like oh my god they're actually gonna do this i kind of i kind of like lean back in my chair and hit my head right on that spot oh my god. like <laughs> right when that happens so like Think of how we're going through this, right? Like, you know, in the first half, people are texting me. They're like, are you at this game? And I was like, well, right now I am. I may I may depart from the stadium. I don't need to see the Dallas game against the Colts. Right. Um, but uh, um, and then, you know, kind of this like kind of going through the mindset of like, do I have to write about like the officiating, for example, because like the game itself is an interesting at what point do the Vikings score enough to make it interesting? At what point do they actually threaten the lead? There's the Frank Reich angle of like, you know, like, you know, he came back from 32 points. I somehow I remember this as a kid, and this is obviously before I was born that this game took place. But 83, Bills playing the Oilers. uh, The Bills are down so much that their fans, very loyal fans, are leaving the stadium. And I was talking to Collar about this, who started his career in uh, in Buffalo. And he goes, to be fair, it's freezing in that stadium, which it is. (laughs) Um, But uh 
Um, but yeah, like they wouldn't let him back in. And I thought it was interesting that Dalvin Cook, after the game, said, I really appreciate everyone for staying. And I was like, I don't think anyone was going to leave, but people might have started if it really yeah. came apart, which it looked like it might in the third. So it's just like I'm processing all that while my head is throbbing, while I enter a locker room that's like full of booming music. <laughs> so not to make this about me, but I was like, literally, I remember talking to you and I was like, are we, we need to either record immediately after we get out of the locker room and we're just going to process this whole thing in real time. Or I need time to like, think about this. Cause I kind of knew the story angle I was going to go. I kind of talked about how the players individually felt doubted and collectively feel like they can kind of accomplish something here. Um, mm -hmm. But I was like, I was hyper-focused cause I was like, you could go with the Shannon Sullivan you know, ref route, you could go with like what the hell happened in the first half or whatever. And so for me, I just made it as simple as possible. Here's a group of guys you can talk about undrafted Thielen and Cook dropped to the second round. And Justin Jefferson, obviously an accomplished player, but I think out of high school wasn't very well recruited. Like any of these guys could find a point where someone doubted them, right? And they've used that to kind of fuel this fire that, you know, mm -hmm. like now you all doubt us. We're the Vikings with a plus two point differential that went down 33 points to the Colts. Like, God forbid anyone doubts this team, but, 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 uh, but yeah, kind of, you know, so I focus on one thing, but there's so many things to process in this whole game. So I just tweeted it out because the Vikings, like me and you have talked about this before. They do a really good job with their on-field access thing. And like, yeah, it's yeah. funny because those videos are like, obviously like inherently way cooler when they win. Yeah. I think after they lost to the, the lions it was like a very lame like we'll get them next time with like three yeah, yeah, yeah. clips but this video is nine minutes long it was just documenting the comeback and i just sent out a tweet earlier today like you could feel it inside u.s bank stadium mm -hmm. when justin jefferson scored to cut it to 15 and then you could like there was a clip on the sideline of christian derasaw saying like this isn't over yeah. come on let's go when was the moment for you that it felt real? Because I'll even say, like, honestly, I looked up at Collar. Because, yeah. like, Collar's just getting a shout-out in this podcast. But yeah, I looked yeah. up at Collar after CJ Ham scored and cut it to 22. And I said, this thing's going to be close. I don't know if they can do it, but I think it's going to be close. And he said, I don't know. I, I just and, – and then, obviously, like, when, when Justin Jefferson scored, it was 15 points, and it was like, okay, this is a real football game again. Yeah. When, when did it feel real to you that the, the comeback, as crazy as it seemed, was, was potentially possible? Yeah, and like I said, I almost have to, like, pull up a log of everything that happened here because <laughs> it's so funny. I know CJ Ham scored, and I was like, how the hell did that happen? Like, you know what I mean? There's just, like, there's, like, a hundred different events. If you think about it, the team scored over a point a minute. I understand it's not basketball. Like, that's not really how that works. But, like, it is – it's very funny when Patrick Peterson, like, walks in the locker room at halftime. He's like, all we need is five touchdowns. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, but that's, like, universally true. Like, if you if you can score five touchdowns in any second half, you're going to win the game or I whatever. Usually, yeah usually that doesn't happen i i think i go with the justin jefferson one there's like little subtle things i think he did it against the jets too like i think it's actually peterson himself has said that like his body kind of lies to the the corners right and the corners have to base it off of just sight and reaction and there's just like part of me goes like how is it that other receivers can't do this you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's kind of head fakes and like but it, it, there is something about how he kind of contorts himself. And I was like, when he ran that route, and there's just always this thing. It goes back to the Buffalo game, which I'd argue is actually a better game, although, like, not as dramatic of a comeback somehow. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, like, when Jefferson makes that catch in that game, right, and then follows up with another ridiculous catch, you're like, well, nothing's impossible if you have a guy who, like, has somehow broken football. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, right. like, 
I was like, yeah, that's right. They have him. And I think it's kind of cool that again, Cook had a moment. You can go back to like Greg Joseph, who's who's reasonably so been hounded all year, moved, I think, from the middle to the left hash and is in trouble with extra points of all things and like 50-yard field goals. And the fact that he delivered repeatedly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and set himself up for for a game-winning field goal. The fact that like until the bitter end, until literally like the time runs out, it could have been disappointing. Um, but there was something about it, even just texting with you know friends and stuff. I was like, honestly, I think the Colts are terrible, and I think the Vikings can do this. And I think I became convinced of that when I saw Justin Jefferson make that move. Yeah, and 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 it just like that makes sense, right? Because he scored early in the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. then at that point, you're like, okay, it's just two touchdowns. And I remember the last time I I, I was watching the the, the, the primetime game with Dallas and in, in Indianapolis two and a half weeks ago where Indianapolis was in the game and then Dallas scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. So I think I even fired off a tweet on Saturday. Like this is the same Colts team that got blank 33 to zero in the fourth quarter two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And then obviously they got blank 22 to zero on Saturday as the Vikings pulled off the, the most miraculous comeback since 28, three who, Matt Ryan was also the quarterback of that 28-3 collapse um, with the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl, obviously, to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Um, Poor guy, Matt Ryan. He'll he'll never live that, that stuff down. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's it's very funny that like one of the most steady players, I think, in the league, right? He was never like, I mean, maybe when he was younger, he was like spectacular. But I never remember him being like spectacular. It was always like you can rely on Matt Ryan, right? Right, right. kind of an older version of Kirk Cousins maybe you know but like he you know it's one thing for like prime Matt Ryan I remember this just because my cousin was born in Georgia and he's a he's a Falcons fan and like him you know like celebrating us at 28-3 and then every other member of my family just being a complete jerk to him <laughs> but, but you know I think this to me was more like there was some underlying right as much as we look with the Vikings and are concerned about underlying numbers like the fact that I think it was like Chip Scoggins tweeted this out like when they were up 30 to zero, so this isn't quite the end of the half. Um, I think they had 144 yards of offense and one touchdown. And I think the Vikings defense, this ridiculous defense held them to one touchdown. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're like, this is more like the special teams breakdown, which is actually concerning given this is two bad special teams games Correct. after a really strong performance early in the season. Um it, I understand the officiating thing. I actually think, be, like, it sounds ridiculous, but given how much the Vikings have tempted fate, they're actually kind of playing into the the thing you're not supposed to, where it's like, don't let the officials screw with you. And, like, somehow forward progress <laughs> shows up in it, you know, whatever. I mean, there's just so many. And and even if you look at, like, how how the game ends, like, they were imperfect, right? Rager was not on the same page with Cousins. After the touchdown to go 36-36, and went Colts punt, Vikings punt, end of half punt punt field goal. I think I had that right. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, you know, yeah, it's such a funny, like this game fit this season perfectly. I thought the Jets game was a microcosm of the Viking season. 
this felt like, oh yeah, it's like if you're running the script, it's like when you know which episode are they going to play the ridiculous game in, and you're like, man, this is such a ridiculous, perfect Vikings comeback in the sense that the Colts were just bad, the Vikings were imperfect, and somehow they made history. Tom, you touched on the Chandon Sullivan referees debacle. Like, I'm hesitant to blame anything on refs because it just seems like such a cop out. Yeah. But that 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 game, the way it was officiated, it's as egregious as I've ever seen in an NFL on an NFL field on a Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, Monday, whatever yeah. you want to say. Um, I don't think the refs were the reason the Vikings would have lost the football game because <laughs> no. because that first half was as bad of a half of football as I've ever seen. But like, it can't be like we can't just ignore the fact that. The forward progress play in the first half when Shannon Sullivan makes a great play on Michael Pittman Jr. to strip the ball, returns it, I think it was like 38 yards for a touchdown. Look, that happens sometimes in, in football. Referee gets too quick with his whistle. Yeah. The forward progress play gets called in. Obviously, that's not reviewable. The second one, though, that was horrible. <laughs> on the replay, I, it was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. He is literally still standing up, and the referee blows the whistle down. Shannon Sullivan obviously picks up the ball, runs it the other way, scores his second defensive touchdown of the game. That's then again taken away. Yeah. Then he freaks out, loses his mind, throws his helmet, gets, yeah. gets a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, put you know sets the Vikings back. They end up, I think, throwing a pick on that drive. I'm not sure. Um, but well, like just overall, your thoughts on on the officiating? Um, obviously, it can't be yeah. the reason they almost lost the game. But at the same time, it kind of was. It's, I mean, there's been a lot of ridiculous stuff because I was thinking about kind of writing on this. So I've kind of gathered stuff, right? You could go back to Cam Bynum hit a ref in uh, yeah. Washington. And yeah. like, and again, like there is a bit of like the, the ref does occupy space. Obviously they're, they're trained in a way to, to minimize the impact of the players, but like Taylor Heineke of all people throws a bomb and scores because poor Cam Bynum runs into a referee. Um, you could go a week ago, right? That Justin Jefferson could have scored a touchdown. And I think had like 256 yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. It steps out of bounds. And I think the frustration is like, there are things that look really simple, but it's because you're seeing a replay in slow motion. Right. And I think my belief is that the purpose of replay is to catch the most obvious things and reverse them. Right. The second part of it is to allow you to play a game and then go make a correction, right? Mm-hmm. So meaning wait on the out of bounds call, wait on the forward progress call. I actually I I still don't know how the the second Sullivan run back or what I don't know how we were talking about that. Like how that happens. Even like Jalen Rager for a guy who like who's having this pretty tough game as a receiver. And we had talked about because of his like first round talent, like could he kind of get in the mix? And by the end I think Jalen Naylor was actually taking his reps, yeah. right? Um you could, um, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just like, it was like, how does this happen again? How does, how does a ridiculous forward progress thing happen twice? How does a just swallow the whistle thing happen twice? Um, I understand it's a tough job. It's in the heat of battle. It's really easy for us to see a replay. Um, having said this, I think my conclusion on this is if the Vikings are going to continue to win with this small margin, you are, you are tempting fate. That's something that they can't control. That is literally just a random event is going to hurt them. And that could be officials calling this. And this is why, you know, typically these star studded teams are built to win by more than like two points a game or whatever. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like if you play as bad as you did for one full half against a team that is as bad as the Colts, you leave yourself susceptible to shoddy officiating. Yeah. Costing you a game. Before we break, Tom, like I want to ask though, like the team is incredibly lucky. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. The Vikings are are I think I think Kevin Seifert from ESPN tweeted out like mm-hmm. someone does like a lo- luckiest team in the NFL breakdown. I think the Vikings are two. Um, I think for the for for what it's worth, I think the Niners are three. So it's not like interesting. Okay, like bad teams. It's good teams get lucky, which, which yeah. makes sense, right? Because they are good because they have a, a strong record. But the Vikings are a lucky team. People who talk about the horseshoe, obviously the Case Keenum year when they went thirteen and three, like that felt like as lucky as it can be. And then eventually the luck ran out. Yeah. Like at what point Tom, do you just think like, do you just throw your hands up and be like, because I think the thought is like, if they continue to do this, their luck's going to run out at mm-hmm. some point. That's... At what point do you just throw your hands up and say like, maybe it won't. Because yeah. This, I, yeah. This season is insane. No, I mean the, the, um, to be fair, so like throughout the game, any game, I'm processing like, what am I going to write, right? Trying to get ahead of it. And one of them literally was like, did they just run out of luck here? Like, again, there's some fault of their own. You can't have a punt blocked. You can't, I mean, I don't know what, I know Wright is not a, a quarterback, but he like threw into coverage, <laughs> you know, like um, uh, even the Rager thing, I go back and forth because, I, man, I kind of want to see him integrated in the offense. Having said that, like, throwing him to him twice you know what i mean like he's not ever your primary target you know like you are kind of tempting fate in some ways throwing to this guy especially when like west phillips was saying during one of these weeks like regger's a really talented guy he's missing some stuff with the practice or whatever in terms of like will it catch up to him i mean it inevitably will i don't know when and like you know we'll get in the giant scheme later but like this is an interesting test because their front four is good and we know that the vikings have had a little bit of trouble with teams from that division you know with good yeah. front fours um i mean it could look really ugly in like a green bay i don't know if you can win like this in land but i know i know like how bad the packers have been they're starting to get things together i don't think it's enough like this late but like rogers has connections with his young receivers like i don't know if joe barry's ever going to improve but there's talent on the defense you know what i mean that like there's elements of like a uh-oh game there and then Chicago always seems to do something ridiculous. So um, there's three games where luck could kind of catch up with them. Having said that, like there is some merit to what they're doing. Like they are a talented team. There is money invested a hundred million in the offense, 70 million in the defense. And like, there is something to O'Connell's methods. Like it's hard not to watch his speech and be like, you know, I think he has, does actually like his players a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he can fake what he's doing on the camera there. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. And having said that, like, unfortunately, because it's three easier teams, right. You're like the luck could just run out against the Niners. You know what I mean? Or yeah, something like that. Exactly. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, obviously the comeback is one thing, but like, let's dig in more into the first half. Um, the things that went wrong, the things that are going to be, to be like drastically approved upon. I know Kevin O'Connell talked to the media yesterday on, on Monday and, and basically said like, as you process things in, in real time, they don't necessarily hit, but when you go back and watch the film, like he was more focused on what went wrong than on the comeback itself um, 48 hours later. So me and Tom will kind of break that down when we come back.